Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, George Mahoney. Today I'm joined by road rider and junior European champion on the track, Josh Tarling. When I spoke to Josh, uh, the track nationals were scheduled for January, but now they're scheduled for March, and Josh is currently recovering from an injury, so I wish Josh good luck with his recovery. I'm looking forward to seeing what he achieves this season. Thank you for joining me today, Josh. Thanks for having me. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Uh, My first memory of being on a bike would be at Shrewsbury. Uh, at the race there, my uh, my dad used to race. I remember sort of riding around the uh, around the car park on my little mountain bike um, before starting to race there a few years after. What's the first bike you remember being really excited about? Um, when I was really young, actually, um, we used to have. Do you know the motorbikes? Um, we used to have them. I remember having uh, a motor. Uh, minor which was like white and they had like r- moto written in red <laughs> and I remember being able to move up to the moto major when which was 2016 well but the moto was in blue and I remember that being like one of the sickest things you could <laughs> get can you tell me about your first race uh yeah that was at Shrewsbury actually one of the one of the times my dad took me down um I asked if I could do it and uh I think I was I was on my mountain bike I think I think I got third um but I actually remember getting told off because I remember uh, I I like celebrated like no handers, but obviously you're not allowed to when you're under eight. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I remember getting shouted out. Who did you ride with growing up, and what sort of riding did you do? Um, I did um, like growing up. It was with my my dad and my brother. They both ride. I still I still ride with them now. But um, we used to do sort of a lot of road riding, um, a lot of rides for fun. Um, I remember doing a couple of like long ones. It used to be quite fun to sort of try and do 100 miler close to Christmas time and stuff. Um, and then got as we got a little bit older, so like the Welsh the Welsh program uh, kicked in. So I was with some like local Welsh riders, uh, and that's when we started doing a bit more like efforts on the track and stuff like that. Were you a part of a local club? Yeah, I, I started off in Towie, but then quite quickly, um, my dad's up a club down uh, in Aberaeron, where I live, uh, called West World Cycling Racing Team. And uh, that's what I played for, for a long time, actually, till, uh, till the 16th. And uh, it was a nice purple kit. What was your first national race like? And how did your training change once you started racing nationally? Um, my first national race would have been when I was actually quite young. Um, it was when I had the motor major, actually. Uh, I used to do, I can't remember exactly the first one, but I remember like my favourite first one was the Northwest Tour when we were younger. And that was really fun because we, uh, my family took the Welsh team over at that time. And I remember being sort of an under eight with these like um, under 16 and thinking like it was really cool seeing like these developed riders. And uh, yeah, I remember like they, they, I don't think the training changed because um, I remember just doing not a lot, but I remember doing, like, we just used to love riding our bikes. So uh, I used to do just generally a bit more, uh, like, than usual. But uh, I just remember, I remember being cadence was, bit, was being a big thing because I remember sort of going into the first ones and spinning quite a bit and in the sprints having to spin. 
and that was a big sort of focus as I was getting on I wasn't training like anything specific when I was in under 10s or anything like that but towards like under, end of under 14s and 16s it was a big focus on like cadence can you tell me about your time with your first team uh it was really good I remember um we used to be based in a in the my comprehensive school car park and uh we used to have sort of like three groups um like a beginners which is France and cones and then uh, towards the end of the session for like the more um for like the under 14s that we had we used to do like little little sort of races around like this little lip we had around the car park and then um yeah so that was sort of I remember it being really tight and friendly because um all the all the people were sort of from my area and I remember like we used to have Tuesday chain gangs which was good fun used to um do like a little loop around here with them and we sat me up and it was really fun and uh group rides every Sunday which is really like it's really good growing up having like, a lot of friends to do it with because um yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't have kept going without having sort of people and friends to sort of do it with me so it was good to have a lot of local riders the same age as you yeah yeah and uh, it was sort of a big difference than what it was before because where I live it's not very like I don't live in a city or anything it's just mm. on the coast of Wales so uh, so I was sort of used to sort of going out on my own or with my dad and my brother but then when this sort of club started it was a bit sort of not shocked to the system but it was really like it's really like fun and enjoyable to have sort of people with similar interests and mm. and sort of similar level as well um, that we could sort of go out and have, have fun and sort of challenge each other. In 2018, you won the Youth Tour of London. How did you find that experience? Uh, I remember it being really warm. Um, it was like a heatwave, but uh, no, nah, that was a that was quite a, quite a scary race actually. Because I was a uh, no, I was a second year. But I remember um, I messed up the TT on the first day, um, and I remember being quite quite annoyed. And I think I went into the last stage in sort of six sixth overall. Uh, about 20, 20 on seconds down because I've never been quite a good sprinter ever. So uh, I used to like, I struggled to get the time bonuses. Um, and then in the last last stage, um, I got away quite early on. And I managed to sort of win it on the, on the last stage um, in like a, I went solo. Um, but that was sort of, that was sort of one of the bigger ones uh, that I remember when I was a bit younger winning and being really sort of like happy and uh, and sort of yeah just, just happy really. You travelled around the country and Europe doing stage races that year how did you find that? Uh, I actually really enjoyed it I uh, you get into sort of a rhythm with going away so it was always sort of for the one day races that we went away for it was sort of um, back on the Friday uh, or back on the Thursday night travel on the Friday ride the course on Saturday, race on Sunday, back sort of Sunday night. And I really enjoyed sort of every week getting into that sort of uh, routine. And uh, also like, it was when we had the camper van for, for like the first time. And weirdly, I really enjoyed sort of setting up the camper van for, for like the races. So I remember like packing my little like cupboard and stuff. And I remember um, we did, me and my friend Daz Wright did a, did a race in Belgium and it was it was like 30, 30 something degrees. And I remember like putting water bottles in the freezer for afterwards. And uh, you just like it's like little things that I really enjoyed about it. And obviously the racing I thought was a bit more so sort of positive racing because uh, um 
yeah, it was just sort of more what I enjoyed. It was more sort of harder, basically. Not like the standard wasn't better. There was just more people yeah. that, that all wanted to win. And uh, yeah, it was sort of eye-opening and fun. How did you manage this around your education? Uh, so my, my school was really good, actually. They My school let me, so I used to train on Thursdays. I used to have to have last lesson off. Um, and they used to help me with that. I used to just, it used to just make sure I was catching up. And uh, and then when I on these big uh, way trips, um, I used to miss very rarely, but I used to miss sort of Fridays. Um, but they used to sort of um, be in contact with my parents when when I was in comp um, and sort of make sure that I was doing the work. And I got got a lot of work sent. And then usually I used to take it with me because it's a lot of traveling. And then now. My college is all on online, which is really good because um, it means that when I have all these like camps and um, different different race events, I just I just log into the lessons and I actually just do it. I don't mind it. I quite enjoy it because in between the racing and the and the training, you're just sitting around really, or, or I am in where I live and stuff. So I kind of enjoy switching off from cycling and sort of doing something else. After the cross season, you break your collarbone. Can you tell me about that and how your recovery went? Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was just in a normal normal um, training session in Pembroke. Um, I remember it was sort of like a standing start, sort of two three hundred meters, and uh, I remember getting up to speed, just pulling my foot out, and taking almost like taking myself out, um, mm. landing on my shoulder. Um, but I remember sort of being quite quite annoyed at the time at myself because it was sort of my fault like I know I know that I wouldn't dream of like deliberately blaming someone but it is sort of you feel a bit happier if, you, if there's someone to blame but, uh, but I remember being a bit frustrated but then I remember sort of thinking well I've got all this sort of free time now because it was sort of in the right time uh, it was in, in that gap between the end of the cross season and the start of the road season and I remember thinking well although I can't really train on the road I've got all this free time and turbo is sort of, I find turbo harder than the road because obviously there's no freewheeling really. So I remember sort of being really like motivated to sort of come back stronger. And uh, so I was just really sort of focused on, I didn't want to, didn't want to be sort of getting worse and worse. So I think if anything, I went a bit too far early on, trained a bit too early. But yeah, I remember coming back quite, quite happy with where I was. It's just a bit of physio to sort of get back to the position and stuff. And how did you find your first few races back? Um, I think it went quite well. Um, I remember it was sort of icebreakers and on the track mm-hmm. in Newport was usually like the first few races of the year. And I remember they went quite well. Um, I can't remember the result, but I remember I think I won one and then a third or something in the other. Mm-hmm. And I remember being quite, I remember being a bit scared, a bit sort of tentative in the bunch. But um, legs-wise, I think uh, I, I was up there. But again, the sort of cadence, uh, because of all the time on the turbo, the cadence has sort of gone down a bit. So I remember mm. after that having to do a lot of sort of roller roller tens and stuff to sort of really focus on getting that a bit better. Uh, later that year, you won a few Welsh Champs races. Were you happy with how your season had gone after the difficult start? Uh, yeah, really happy, I think. Having all that time on the table gave it a get me a big sort of baseline fitness sort of work off because it's just just like chugging away at the 
and the efforts. Um, and then I meant through the season, then I had that good base, so I could just sort of keep topping it up. And um, yeah, the Welsh Champs was, I was really happy because uh, with that, because it was sort of in, in Aberystwyth, which is just down the road from, from where I live. Mm. And it was a, it was really cool, like um, sort of like town centre crit, um, that obviously like I've, I've like walked around shopping on like almost weekly. So I remember that being like really, really happy and sort of happy that I'd come back because I was worried that I wouldn't come back to the same level. Mm. But I was happy that I could sort of come back and come back, I think, stronger than I was before it almost. When did you first become part of the British Cycling Programme? So that would be for the ODA, so um, under 16, uh, that was. So that was sort of starting, I, I was part of the Welsh Programme before that, uh, which was sort of, you had like a few camps, uh, which were track-based and road-based, sort of track ride in the, in the evening and road ride in the morning. And then it sort of carried on then to be in, in the ODA, sort of, I can't remember if it was first year under 16 or second year, uh, I think I think it was second year in the sixteen, and uh, that was that was quite eye opening because uh, it was first sort of time it started to get. I wanted to be quite serious about about it, so the first time like training peaks kicked in and having to do comments for people on training peaks and the training, and it was the first sort of GB jersey, so so quite. I remember being quite scared almost. And how did you find your first race representing GB? My first race representing GB would have been um, the the Euros actually. Um, first year junior was my first with Euros, and I remember being um, actually like really, really impressed. Um, really, it was really scary. But I remember being because it because I went for the team pursuit and the Omnium. I had like four or five of my really good friends with me, and we all sort of went with a mentality. It was a positive mentality, but uh, where it was sort of like we go to to do a job mm. and uh, and we'll do that job right and we'll do it once and uh, it sounds quite like harsh because if you do, if you don't do that job you haven't you haven't succeeded but actually it was really sort of positive because sort of went there saying like we have to do it so we may as well get on with it and uh, it, it suits different people uh, and it doesn't suit others but it, I thought it really suited me and it was really nice to have sort of five because you have to do everything together so like we were going to like the bathroom together and just waiting for each other um, just because you want to be as tight as and as possible. And I just remember, like, I was a little bit more nervous than others because I haven't got quite a good standing start. Once I'm going, I'm fine. It's just getting on. And there was two good starters with Giddens and Ross uh, in front. Um, so I remember being a bit scared. But uh, other than that, like, I just remember being really sort of almost like in the zone all week, mm. but relaxed about it as well. And it was nice to sort of, you had your friends at the hotel. And then you go to the track and you're still friends, but you do your job. And uh, I remember it being really sort of eye-opening, but really sort of, and all the mechanics and stuff was new to me. And uh, at first it was a bit weird because I basically got handed my bike and it was just sort of uh, like, not unexpected, but sort of weird, but really nice. And they're all really friendly. So I just remember being sort of scared, but I knew what I was doing. Uh, you did cyclocross as a youth rider and then in 2019 you went out to Belgium and competed in some races, including Sonhoven. Can you tell me about this experience? Um, I remember it being really sort of, um, again, sort of high-opening actually because the courses are not faster in Belgium. I remember in this country it being sort of a lot of single track um, and a lot of sort of 
first into here wins and first into there wins. But I remember going to Belgium and it was a bit sort of like a like a hard crit. Mm. Um, like the races were still like Zonhoven, Zonhoven, and, um, and obviously you get good on the back all the time when you go to Belgium. Um, and I remember just like the number of people was a lot more than I was used to. Mm. Um, I think I got I think I got like eighth in Zonhoven, which was quite. I remember I moved up to about fourth, um, and then I moved up to third actually, and then on the last lap, I crashed going down the down the big sandy descent, um, and then uh, like cane fell off or something. Mm. But um, no, I remember it being really cool, and it was the first time, first sort of big events where there was a lot, lot of crowd actually, because they sort of the day before or the day of the pros, so it was really sort of, and the courses are just like sick, they're just bigger and scarier. So that was it. And obviously that getting that routine again, not going away every weekend. Uh, same as with the road racing. You rode for Team Baxter for several years. How has Magnus helped you and how did you find your time on the team? Yeah, Maggie was really nice. He uh, obviously he's got that bike fitting service. So that was really, really sort of helpful because it just meant once you got your bike sorted and um, like your position on it, all you've got to think about then is training. If, if that's optimised, there's nothing, nothing like physiologically you need to worry about. Just it's all how much you're putting into yourself then, which was good. Um, and I remember it being quite sort of, I remember feeling quite cool going to it. Because, um, I always thought when I was in under 14s, we've been family friends with uh, with them for ages. And uh, I remember being sort of watching, watching some of the older riders riding for them and it being quite a sick sort of looking team. And they had, they had good riders. And I remember being like, being like talking to him like when I was under 14, like really wanted to go. And then when I eventually could go when I was under 16, it was really sort of cool and the kit was quite out there. It was like hybrids, red and orange. And I remember it being quite sort of, I remember feeling quite pro um, going to, because it was my first sort of, not bigger team, but like bigger than like the go ride club down the town. They all helped loads. And uh, it was nice having a good, it was a good like bunch of people riding for them. There's always a lot. There's usually like four or five other teammates in the races, which is good fun. How was your motivation and race plans affected by the COVID pandemic in 2020? Um, it was okay, actually. I, I actually didn't mind it. Um, I, I love racing, but having that break was, was weirdly refreshing because uh, it meant I could really... It was at the right time, I think, is the jump to junior from under 16 is quite big. But I had sort of that year to sort of prepare for it. So quite early on in that year, put sort of junior gears on the road bike and sort of relaxed at the first half of the lockdown where I didn't do any efforts, but I did like long rides every, almost every day um, for, for a few weeks, which was quite good fun because that was just me or me and my brother. And I remember it being really nice weather. So me and my brother sort of going out and um, that was before sort of that like five mile rule came in um, and sort of doing big long rides. And then um, and then I, a bit sort of when I broke my collarbone, sort of decided instead of feeling sorry for myself for missing my second year in the 16, which could have potentially gone quite well, just why not hit, hit the junior season stronger and mm. sort of ready for it and prepare the best I can. And then obviously, and everything started to open up. Then you could start to do a bit more like gauge wave formers uh, in a few sort of TTs that we did. We did a lot of sort of TTs towards the end of lockdown because that was sort of the only thing that was allowed. 
and that was quite good because for a long time I knew myself my numbers were getting better but I didn't know I didn't know compared to everyone else if everyone else's numbers were getting better or so it was sort of a nice to sort of gauge roughly where you were time trial wise and like PBs or not. You started 2021 with a new team how did that move come about? Um, well I remember sort of just going over to Belgium a lot more and uh, for juniors I just wanted to do some bigger bigger scarier races really in Belgium and it's really difficult as a British rider just to get in them without a good team or without other teammates because if you're a single rider you get sort of the least priority they always add the teams first and um, this team had asked if I wanted to to join them and uh, yeah I just said yes really um, I just find sometimes in in the UK there's sort of two or three really good teams and they're really good like uh, nothing against them and I'd love to join them but uh, when you've got those two or three good teams they've got all the good riders in the UK I, I would have felt like I can't race um, if if all the other riders were in there in there so if all the other strong riders were in in the same team as me and like I'm, I'm not I'm not like overly competitive about racing my, my friends or anything it's just like I want, I want to race in the UK, and if I'm in the same team as them, uh, obviously you can't. Like you just have to let them go if they attack, and then equally they'd have to let you go. So I wasn't really bothered about joining the Belgian team for the UK purpose because, uh, yeah, it just got it just gets me into all the like, the, the nice Belgian races, and and it, they're really good. They're really sort of friendly people, and it's really like a sort of a professionals type of team. Like they've just got they've everything. They've got like a service course and a. Uh, like a lorry full of spare bikes that comes for us yeah. um, at races, which is which was really nice and really sort of bit, bit scary actually. It's, it's more more sort of pressure like, but that was really really professional. How did your TT season go in twenty twenty one? Well, obviously like uh, there was a lot of TTs with the because um, I think the start of twenty twenty one was still locked down. I think um, so. There used to be a motor racing circuit that we used to go to for the for the ten mile TTs there. I remember sort of had a new bike, had a giant uh, Trinity. And I remember working on that for quite a bit. I remember sort of dialing into that and then getting as fast as I could on that. I remember, I think 2021 would have been, I would have been running for Flanders in it. So, yeah, so there wasn't uh, many big TTs because of, um, until sort of recently with Worlds. But um, I remember sort of doing a lot of littler ones, but really starting to dial myself in and start to gauge effort. And that really helped with the track stuff, actually, because the tighter you can get on your road bike and the more aggressive you can get position-wise on the road bike was transferring to the track team pursuit bike, um, which was a big sort of thing. And then obviously it ended with the with the Worlds one. And it was just sort of, I had a bike fit mid-season, which sort of changed the front end. There's some pressure bars with, uh, with Matt Bottrell. And that was that was really good, because again, like with the with Maggie in the... Uh, Backstage bike fit. Once I had that nailed down, it was just keep working on it, but focus all on on legs and trying to get faster and work out how to get tighter and more aero. And uh, yeah, it was a big focus because obviously the road racing was didn't happen for for a long time, and then it then it did happen, obviously. But I like to keep working on the TT. It's just what I enjoy the most, I think. Uh, can you tell me about winning the National Circuit Time Trial Champs? Uh, yeah, that was... Um, oh, I remember it being quite uh, quite a focus, actually, because 
there was a national, there was another time trial, the national, I think it was just the national normal TT champs. And uh, I broke my ribs before that. And uh, I tried to come back for it in time. But I, I came back too early and uh, it didn't go how I wanted it. I remember having a bit more time off after that. Mm. And then sort of seeing that as quite a big purpose, just to sort of really, really go for something else. And I was really happy to win that because I just remember it, I, the ribs really knocked me about a bit because I just remember being quite sad um, and quite sort of sorry for myself because there's just nothing I could do with, with the shoulder. It was, you could still ride your bike just in a different mm-hmm. position, but with this, I couldn't hold my body weight. I couldn't, I couldn't like walk upstairs for a bit. I couldn't close doors very well. So I remember it being quite a big focus. Um, I remember it being a really cold day. Um, so like, it was really, it was really grim. But uh, it was quite windy as well, and the circuit was quite sort of grippy the whole way. Mm. And uh, but I remember it being quite a. I was really happy to win it. It was such a big sort of almost like a relief, really. Mm. But uh, I'd finally come out the other side of the horrible rib situation, and uh, yeah, back to sort of TT. And then it, I made it sort of felt like I could get on with it after that. That was sort of the big goal sorted. But after the ribs, and then I could sort of forget about the ribs and move on. You had some incredible results in national track championships, winning a gold, a silver and three bronzes. You must have been happy with how that went. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was really happy, actually. And it was really, I think it was less than a month before the Euros. I was really sort of happy with the form and happy with where I was. It was sort of almost like, a, again, like a relief and a bit of sort of a tick in the box. Uh, I was sort of getting there. Um, and the points race was sort of my favourite and that's the one that I won. And I was really happy about that. And then I remember in the in the individual pursuit, I'd, I've done loads of team pursuits, but it was my first ever sort of 3K uh, individual pursuit uh, as a junior, yeah, in third, and that was really, really good. But what I remember what was bit the best was the top four was our team pursuit team, which was sort of really, like, really reassuring us. Because we all, like, we knew that each other, we all had, like, full trust in each other that we are all doing the best, like, the most we can to help each other win it. But sort of to have that sort of validation that, yeah, we we were the, the sort of top four in the UK, like with uh, Charlton winning and Giddens in second, uh, me and third and Ross in fourth was sort of like we know we're in a good place and we know we can't do much more than what we are, which was sort of re- like we all really trusted each other, and then that sort of really validated it. Um, so I think that was sort of that was a bit of a sort of that was when I was happiest, but then. Uh, yeah, I love the bunch racing because obviously the Omnium, the Omnium was a big focus in the Euros. So that was to do well in the bunch races was good. So the points race was what, like, like I said, like was what I wanted to win. Because um, that's sort of like the hard, well, it's not the hardest, or, but it can be sort of the, the hardest and like most tactical race. So I thought if I could do, do what I can in that, that'll put me in a good position for the Omnium in the Euros. So it was also really sort of, it sounds weird, but it was almost like a, like a tick in the box for for the Euros but uh, no I was really proud and I was really happy um, and it was nice that on the day that I won the points race my brother won the Madison with his with his partner which was really nice because then we could have like a couple of like with the photos which was quite quite nice. So we've mentioned the Euros quite a bit but you won two European champs jerseys in the Omnium and Team Pursuit. You must have been really happy with how that had gone. Yeah yeah it was it was really sort of like I said before, like the the feeling was we went there to do a job and then to do it was sort of such a big sort of 
I, I want to say like we were like really really happy, but it was so in the Belgium it was sort of like really still really happy, but it was sort of like yeah we did we did the job, and uh, and we'll and we'll sort of keep keep working, but we we've done good. And then I remember going back to the hotel with the lads and being really sort of really happy and like proper proper cuddly. And uh, yeah, but it was it's quite a weird one actually because uh, we qualified fastest by six seconds in the in the team shoot. And then the next day uh, was the, the semi-finals and the finals, and uh, that was sort of that was really stressful because obviously if you if you mess up the semi-finals you can't actually go before the finals, mm. which was quite stressful. But um, actually we were going for a world record because the world record is three fifty-eight. We we did four dead on the first day, and then on the semi-finals we oh, it, was, it was four four rides actually. You have two sort of just rides and then the semi-finals and finals. So we did a four dead on the first one. And then we did a 359 on the second one, which then put us into the last semi-finals. And then on the next day, then for the semi-finals, we were sort of, we didn't want to, like, didn't want to say we were going for the record because obviously the main goal is just to win it. But we, we said, if we get close to it, we will. And uh, we, we're the faster team on the track. It makes the swirl of the air faster. So we knew we'd have that good sort of, we'd have everything working for us. So we did that and uh, we went and we were going fast. We were on for, for, the, for the world record. And then we caught the team and there was a bit of a mix up because um, they sort of blew the whistle to say, um, when you catch them, you can stop. You don't have to finish. But because it was only two laps left and we were on for the world record, we, we kept going over the top. But the Germans heard that we finished and two of them swung up into us. We we didn't crash, but uh, it meant we didn't get the we didn't get the world record. And then the next day in the final, actually, I remember it being a bit of a weird one. I, I actually crashed on the way in to the to the track. Oh, no. um, I remember being just riding and uh, being taken out by, uh, by like a squirrel or something. Crossing, the, I wasn't looking like it, it was completely my fault. But uh, I remember sort of it wasn't a bad one. We were just riding in. Um, I just remember having a bit of like a sore ass getting there, and I remember. Actually, as a team beforehand, because uh, we didn't want to tell the, the coaches, they wouldn't have cared, but we didn't want to tell them. So uh, I remember like two of them standing in front of me, hiding my like ripped ripped leggings, um, which was quite sort of team building. Um, and then we, obviously we got like the we didn't quite get the record, but sort of it was a close one actually because the French ma- tried to match us. They didn't go for their own pace; they tried to match us. But for three k, they held us, um, which was scary because like. No one had done that so far in the competition, and then uh, they lost it in their last kilo. But that was sort of, that was the scariest. And then obviously with Omnium, Omnium still means a lot to me. But it, I feel like I worked with my friends for the team pursuit, so the team pursuit means the most to me. But the Omnium was sort of you ride it to be a bit selfish almost. That's just for you. So if you do it wrong, you only let yourself down. But with the team, it was you let your team down. But yeah, I remember with the Omnium. It was again, so me and Stu, I get really nervous. So we're trying to like calm me down. So a lot of giggling and a lot of like get the tunes on and sort of shut stuff out and then just having fun. And it was like the little things that were, we were just a bit, so made me a bit happier. So where you go up onto the track, there's stairs and a ramp and all the riders stand by the stairs and all of the uh, mechanics take you back up the thing. And I remember there was a lot of sort of everyone staring at you and everyone's like grunting at you. Um, in the holding pen and uh, I remember being really nervous 
And I was like, oh. and this guy was sort of really, like, he's like talking to me, saying, oh, he's won all of this. And I, was, I remember getting more and more nervous. So in the end, I said to the mechanic, you line up in sort of sixth position and I'll go up the stairs first. <laughs> and I remember deliberately all the mechanics walk up and I remember standing at the top of the stairs, holding both rails so no one could get past, just to sort of be a bit scary or try and be as scary as the other people there. So I waited for my for my back to come. And I remember all the like, I think it was a Slovakian and stuff, were getting really more and more annoyed behind me. But I just remember like a little thing like that, because they tried to rattle me before, but like if I could do that and they got all like rattled up before the race and sort of jumpy, it would just make my head feel like a bit bit more I can do what they're doing to me and uh, it was like the little things like that and then uh, going into the last points race after the Nationals win I knew all I had to do was do what I do and I didn't want to defend because I didn't have too big of a gap I had I think it was sort of 10 points uh, lead so two sprints and I said like if I defend I'll lose it so I'm just going to go in and try and win a points race like I know I can and so because that's how I'd race a points race I wouldn't defend if I was the strongest I'd try and win by more so yeah I just went in with the not defend let's just and then worked out that I won it the sprint before the last sprint and then in the last sprint then I was just that's when I defended so I just stayed out of trouble I just winded up for the last sort of 10 laps and then let let the big sprint come over the top so that I there was no chance of me crashing or losing a lap or anything like that so that was a big sort of relief and as a first year it was a bit scary but I still think to me working with my friends and teammates the team shoot was the biggest biggest sort of happiest win in the, mm. the season. Can we also talk about your first Road World Champs experience? Yeah yeah it was the um, that was really that was I felt like that was the biggest event I've ever done what is but as in it felt massive. Worlds in Belgium is just like what more can you ask for, especially as, like, as your first Worlds, that's like the pinnacle of mm. what, where Worlds can be. And the course was really good, really sort of suited me and the TT really suited me. And um, yeah, it was such a big thing. And I remember little things like all the British pros, like Cav was there and Luke Rowe was there and Big Cop was there. And they, they all shared that dinner with us. And we had, it was the first time actually we had the Ineos bus, which was really sick, especially for like the road race because you had like this big scary bus and it's all in dark blue and red and, and it's Ineos and it's just have their own sort of like status and getting out of that in like Ineos masks and then the full GB kit was just like again with the with the just trying to look scary really <laughs> I'm really not a scary dude but trying to look scary in front of big scary like Russian people and big scary like German people and stuff like that who all look really pro and lean and everything like that and it was just sort of it felt really amazing, like and um, all that, all the staff and everything was insane. It was, it felt like the biggest thing we've ever done. How did it feel getting a silver medal in the World Championship time trial race? <laughs> it's actually really stressful. Um, I think so. I was off second, which was I think actually worked well for me because um, I just get nervous, more and more nervous um, as the day goes on. So in my head, I was like, I'm not going to know anyone's time. I'm not going to know anything. All I know is that there's the Belgian in front who will do good. And I'll be able to see him because the course was sort of quick, really twisty at the start and then long straight to the end and then a little bit twisty at the end, at the very end. 
I just remember being able to see, like, I can see him, so I must be doing all right. Um, and it was, it worked well, because I, I didn't get nervous. I, didn't, well, I got really nervous, but I didn't get as nervous as I could, knowing the times. And then it was, it was a bit of a weird TT, actually, because everyone's on the same sort of gears, um, on junior gears, like everyone's on the same gears. On the big, long straights, like, everyone's doing different speeds, but everyone's roughly going the same speed. All the top ones are roughly going to be going sort of 52, 53k an hour. So it's it's where do you gain from there? Because all the good TTs can like, hold hold it for as long as as long as they want. So it was actually the town at the start was a big focus, and almost not riding it like a TT. So in a TT, you ramp it up out of the corners and be as smooth as possible. But with the little gears, you need to gain everything you can getting up to speed because that speed's not it's not like outrageous. It's just mm. relatively fast. So uh, I remember having like the earpiece in and saying. The guy sort of telling me exactly where to. I'd ridden it before, so I knew exactly how to do it. But um, I remember sort of saying like, "Don't tell me if the corner is in the skis or not in the skis, unless it's definitely base bar, and then I'll work it out." And I just remember taking all the risks I could, mm-hmm. and then kicking up to speed as hard as I could out of every corner, and then coming out of town, I knew that I did that as almost as bang on as I possibly could. I didn't think I could push my my grip of the tires or anything farther than I did like there's a couple that I could have kicked a tiny bit harder I got into the ski a bit too early but um other than that I remember being quite happy and then I remember being able to see the Belgian and um Belgian had actually qualified three riders um because they'd had the Euro champs win previously so I knew although this was the third Belgian pick so the the, the worst out of the out of the three He's still like the third best Belgian is still going to be really good. So mm-hmm. I knew he, he wouldn't be sort of last, last overall because we were one and two for off. So I remember seeing him and I remember that the, the guy in my ear said he'd ramp up his sort of intensity of shouting until like as the effort went on. So at the start, he was really calm through the town and just getting the facts in. And then by the end, just I was getting, I think I was within five seconds of catching him at the end. And that was sort of, I remember him just sort of screaming and proper shouting. And then, obviously, um, I was in the hot seat for a while because I had to basically wait there for two hours-ish while these guys came in. And I remember just being so stressful, every every person. And then the guy who won it, um, that Gustav Wang, actually was off sort of mid-pack. And that really scared me because I remember being, I, I wanted to win, so I wasn't, I wasn't that happy. But it's still second in the world as a first year. So I was, I was still like, I wasn't like overly grumpy or anything, but I wanted to win. But then what really scared me was when he beat me was like, this guy's in the middle of the pack and it's seeded towards the end. So technically he shouldn't, like he shouldn't beat the guys at the end. And if I'm in second at the moment and we've still got an hour's worth of riders to come in, I'm going to be miles down and I'm going to like let, let like GB down. But actually... It got more and more stressful as the faster riders come in. And then uh, then there was a bit of relief when I knew I could get third. It was like sort of a little bit more relief as it went up. And then, uh, yeah, when I got second, it was a big sort of like almost a little bit annoyed I didn't win. But it was sort of a big relief that I could sort of get off this like seat in front of everyone and just have a bit of a bit of a de-stress and just sit <laughs> down out of the way of what people can see. And just have a have a wash, have a have a relax, and then smile for the podium, which is quite good. 
but no, it was really, it was really stressful. But I'm really, really happy and proud, proud to say, um, proud to say I was silver. Towards the end of your road season, you competed in Junior Pyro Bay. How did you find that race? Uh, really good. Actually, it was um, obviously it was a year that it was raining, mm. really bad. And actually, for our race, it, it actually rained for the whole race, really strong. And uh, a bit annoying was so we there wasn't any grid in, but I was right at the back of the grid. And then uh, you have to be first, top five into that first sector to sort of basically to win it. Really, you have to be for that first sector is such a big thing. Um, and I remember being all the way up there, um, headed it right to the front row, and uh, I could see the, the first sector. And on the front row, we were on a corner, and uh, I crashed within within sort of 300 meters of the first sector. Um, and the the cars were so far behind. Uh, I waited for a minute and a half to get a spare bike, which was a bit too small. Um, but then, then I remember actually it being, it was one long line then with gaps everywhere. And then it was just about getting getting to the front again. So I sort of group hopping and then attacking on the road, getting across to the next group and then attacking on the, on each different sector. And I remember the two sectors before Carrefour de Labra, I was in the front group of six and then there's a break which stayed away in front of that and then I on the next sector then I, I bridged across to that break and I was really really happy because um I brought Seagar actually across with me who was third in the TT in the world and um and he actually got third in that race and uh but I say I brought we, we worked together um and then I was really happy that I was there and I was like well worst case now is I've lost a minute and a half and I've still managed to get there. And uh, the worst I can get is fifth. Mm-hmm. And then I punctured um, just after a sector. And then I ended up being back in that group of of six behind. And then then it was sort of chasing back on, on car four. And mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't quite make it. I think to do another effort like that, my legs had just sort of, they couldn't do much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting, I think it was 11th. Might have been tenth. I think it was eleventh. Um, but no, I, I was still happy, and, I, and it was nice to know because I had Axel was my last race with another TT. And it was still nice to know I had the legs to sort of catch the brake back up after after the crash. But it was just a bit sort of it was a bit frustrating that I had the legs, but but it's Bay in it. Other people managed not to crash at the start, and other people managed not to puncture. It's my fault for hitting whatever I hit to puncture, and it's my fault for being where I was in the crash. So that's just the way it is. But uh, no, really, what can, more can you ask for than a wet, muddy Roubaix? It's just really that iconic, isn't it? You got second overall in the three days of Axel, including a stage win and a course record in the time trial. Can you tell me more about the race? Uh, yeah, it was a, so I actually stayed out in Belgium after Roubaix because um, it was the week after and uh, it was really... That was a really good race, really well organised. And it was a big race with the team, actually. He stayed in the same hotel as the team. First time I had a massage, actually, with the team ever. First time I've ever had a massage. And uh, it was really sort of professional. And um, the first stage was flat, a bit of cobbles. Um, but it was, it was fast, it was really fast. Um, and I remember big teams, like Ages 2 and stuff, sort of messed it up, actually. Um, actually, I think three out of the five teammates had crashed. Um, so my team... Couldn't, couldn't do much but um, I remember this break went and they got about three minutes annoyingly because 
I think ages to us sort of thought, and, and all the other teams, and me included actually, that we'd basically, there'd be a sprint at the end and then we'd sort out the GC and the TT and the hilly stage at the end. But actually the break got three, well, they got three and a half minutes, I think, which was really a bit annoying because it was sort of, well, we've got ages, and it was only three riders and it's like, well, we've got ages to R and there's, a, there's other bad teams as well that could have, I'm sure they did do the max, but it was a bit sort of like, ah, oh, whoops. And then the next day was the, uh, I think it was a TT the next day, yeah, which was a really big focus because Alex Seagart, the big Belgian, he's really big in Belgium. He he won the Euros TT and got third in the world. And I didn't I didn't want to make it look like um like a one off in in the worlds. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to win it. And I knew um it was what's the American guy from Trek called um he he had the course record and uh, on that TT. And uh, I really wanted to beat that. Um, I wasn't really thinking about the record, though. I just wanted to do the best I could. And that was really, that was a really, like, twisty but hard course. It's quite windy on some sections. And I was really happy to sort of come away with a win with that. And then the last day then was really sick. It was really sort of classic steep. Lots of climbing, lots of cobbled climbs, actually. And uh, steep, short, and just hard. It was a long race. I was in third going into it. And there's a guy, Artem Schmidt, who got away in that first day, who was strong, um, who, who ended up winning, actually. But I remember I needed to get time on him. So I actually got away on my own for about 60, 60K of that race. And I got the bonus seconds and, and the, like, cobbled jersey and the points jersey and the King of Mountains jersey. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted – I wasn't really thinking about that. I just wanted to sort of get, get the win. And then they said people were coming across. And then it was the Euro – Roman Gregoire, the Euro champ, came across and um, a couple more and then eventually more and more came across that group and then I was like a bit worried but then I could recover actually and then I went with one lap to go with Roman Gregor and Clive and we we got away actually um, but we didn't take uh, and then a couple more people came across but we just didn't quite take enough time on Art Schmidt who did a really good like defended really well yeah so it was a bit frustrating that uh, I did get the, did get away and did get the time but uh, not enough, but that's just racing, isn't it? And I, I should have been in that break in the first day, same as everyone else who didn't quite catch Schmidt. Like, so, but it was it was a really cool race. And I remember being like really, really big and like the jerseys were really nice and really nice to have the time with the team. And the, yeah, it was just really, really professional. You competed in Gent six day on the track. Tell me about that. I was there, uh, that was recently and it was really good fun. The track's 166 metres, so the bankings are so steep. And uh, actually, the straights are quite steep because uh, it's just like a big bowl. I remember you, like, whip around the bankings. And uh, it was really it was different to anything I've ever ridden. But it's so fast. You're lapping really, like, like 11 seconds, like, proper. And uh, I remember being really quite scared because it's big, like, first time on this weird track, and then there's big crowds of a lot of important Belgian people and uh, and it was under 23 race yeah it's just been a really big scary thing but it was really cool doing something that like same like the pros and it's really so I, I won two out of the three points races mm. and then we won the last Madison and we were second in the in the other two Madison okay we didn't win overall but uh, I just remember we got second me and Noah but it was just sort of so different and it's really hard actually. There's just no no respite because 
if you did rest, you'd slow down really quickly. But especially in the Madisons, your partner's back round in sort of 20 seconds time. It's on a normal track. Madison is really stressful. But on that track, it's like, it's on another level because <laughs> you really can't, can't relax at all until afterwards. And if you did, if you did relax, like a couple of people did, uh, they, they just you just crash really, or you just not you miss changes. But uh, you have to be in the top top four to be anywhere really. Once you're in that top four, it is sort of an easy track because it's all banking, so it's all quite rolling, quite fast. But if you're not, it's so easy to get tailed off the back, and it's so hard because everyone sort of goes up the track in the bankings because they're so sort of steep and like the g-force on your neck and it was really weird i remember my, my arms being almost as sore as my legs because it's just like hanging on in the rankings really and like your body gets pushed out mm. but it was so so cool and the track looks really cool you like we walked in and the section of the track is taken out and that's how you get into the center and it's just like yeah and it's, it looks really weird because it's tracks like in the in like a warehouse basically or it looks like an old station and it's like there's just black curtains up and you, you don't tell it just it's like an old building and then you walk in and it's this really cool sort of modern track thing just mental what are your hopes for 2022 um big sort of i've got some big hopes <laughs> big goals um obviously the world's in Australia, in australia so the course for the tt's come through and it's really good again it looks like a really twisty again at the start which is where i'm gonna focus on again um, and then long part straights as well, which is perfect. And then um, the, t- the actual road race looks looks like a target as well. And then um, track yours um, and worlds, hopefully in the Omni again. But obviously I have to get uh, selected. And there's new good riders coming up, and there's and there's good riders in the second year, so I have to be selected again. And then the team pursuit um, equally I have to be selected for the TT in the in the worlds, like nothing's. But to be able to be selected, and then I'll be a to go for the win um and then obviously big race is sort of like Roubaix again and Axel again and Bobby Ungles um and then all the British ones as well because I like, I like racing over here and it's racing with friends again so it's good fun and it's yeah, just almost the same as this year but like more more to try and win it but try to try and have fun really that's the main thing and uh, I think the TT would be really big focus and obviously in Australia in it so to get tan as well that's always going to be a focus other than that yeah just have fun where do you see yourself in five years time so I'm hoping and I'll do my best to to try to be selected for the Olympics so uh, that'll be three years time so hopefully in five years time hopefully that'll be two or three gold medals down but uh, I, I want to be world tour that's that's the goal so on the road I want to be my ultimate race to win would be Strada Bianchi because that's sort of such a sick race. And uh, yeah, Strada Bianchi, Tour Flanders and, and the World's Time Trial and sort of stages in, in, in the Grand Tours like in breaks or just like all the TTs. I want to be in a World Tour team focusing on sort of the classics and the time trials and delivering the best I can for whoever I need to. And then, yeah, just being in that environment will be Hopefully, five years time, where I'll be. Big goals. <laughs> Hopefully. What's your favourite race you've ever done? Oh, um, favourite race. Favourite sort of 
stage race would have been Axel. That was um, that was sort of with the team, really close, really tight. Um, obviously, the Worlds in Belgium, that would have been sick. That was the that was sort of the biggest and sort of and to get in the break was really really sick. Um, it, it was just weird and people knew me after the TT, so it was like signing autographs and stuff. And I've never done any of that, and I'm not sure why I'd want my autograph, but like it was just different. Yeah, so really, Worlds or Axel, but then little things like the team pursuit at Euros, like that was obviously it's not sort of a soft fun fun pace, but like after it's fun and the preparation for it's fun, um, just sort of really sort of getting everything as perfect as possible. So there's, there's different sort of races, but that the three would be like the team pursuit, the Worlds and Axel, I think. Do you see yourself more road focused in the future? Yeah. I love the track. Um, I love, I love training on it. It's just where I want to be ultimately is world top. Um, but I'm going to put all I can because I still love the track. I'm going to put all I can into being as up for the Olympics as possible and hopefully being part of that selection pool. No idea how or like what, what to do, but I'm going to focus on that for the Olympics, um, hopefully. And then after that, then go road. But I'm going to focus on road all the way through. It's just I'll continue doing the track that I am mm-hmm. and chill then. And then I probably will after it because it's just such a good, gives you such a good baseline of fitness and gives you that. You need to be a fast bike rider to win these. Like you, It's all right having an engine and it's all right having race track. But to win like the races, you need to be a fast rider. And you look at all the, the top ones, like they're all doing tracks like, Ganner and Hater and like even Wouts um doing cross, which is another discipline. But yeah, like most of quick step riders, like if you look at their Instagram, they're on the track. So yeah, I just think I'll continue. But yeah, road is where I want to be. Where's your favourite place to ride for fun? Um, I don't mind it around here actually. It's uh nice and pretty <laughs> in the summer anyway. I'm not sure about it this time of year. <laughs> um, but in the summer when it stops raining every now and then it's uh, really pretty roads um and it's nice and hilly it's really hilly where i live um and you're right on the coast as well so especially in the summer it's nice to sort of do do your ride and go to the beach in the afternoon um but to go sort of away uh i rode in south africa once that was quite that was really pretty that was really nice and then also uh grand canaria that's that's really fun that's sort of one of my favourites because we've been, uh, I think, seven times and that's really sort of, that's really hilly. So mm. much of that. And Mallorca, obviously. Every, every side is like Mallorca. I think it's a climb now too. But uh, yeah, I think, I don't necessarily say around here, to be honest. Uh, I know that's a bit boring. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do like it around here. Who's your favourite current rider? Um, Mate Mohoric, actually. He's such a, if you look at his position, I think it was a Benelux tour where he won. Um, with Sonic Gold really. You look at his position on a road bike, it's, it's what everyone tells you to be like, um, but he actually can do it for long. He rides a low cadence, but it's so smooth. And no matter the gradient or how dead he is, his arm's always at 90 degrees and his back's always flat. And he's always in this massive gear and he, he never rolls his shoulders and he never like bobs his head. He's, he's just smooth it weirdly it looks like boring on a bike but it's like if someone could sort of 
draw or tell you exactly how how they want you to write like smooth with the arrow that's it and uh, I know that's a bit like it's a bit of a nervous tour on it because it, um, it's not like Primos or anything like that but weirdly that's who I like, look up to the most actually Who's your favourite rider of all time? Oof um, all time that's tricky actually um, there's a few like I still like Matt Mohoric I followed him for quite a while um Obviously, you've got sort of Contador was always cool. Like he never sat down. That was a that was like a weird one. No one can dislike Alaphilippe. Like the way he rides, I really like the way he's like how he wins stuff is really cool. It's always like really sort of aggressive. Like Walt Van Aert, he's cool. Wins he just wins everything no matter what. I thought what was really really sick was he won Bond two and then the sprint stage after it in the tour. But you've got like the like Bradley Williams. I thought. The way that, not the way that he won the races, but the way that he was, he won the tour, but he also led out Cav for his teammate mm. uh, on the last day. That's really sort of really cool to lead out your teammate who's in green in the yellow uh, as the yellow jersey rider. It's just rather than sort of celebrating and see. Yeah, I don't think I have an all time favorite. I just, I think I'd go for performances or riding styles is what I sort of prefer. What's your advice for young riders? I know, I know it's, I bet everyone says it, but just have fun. Like, I know that's, that might be a bit boring, but uh, yeah, it's just have fun and don't stress too much. A lot of people is, it's like live or, live or die whether they win. Like, and it, it is sort of like the environment they're sort of put in sometimes where to get onto these programs, you do have to have decent results. And like the day that I don't get nervous, is the day I retire because it's racing. You have to get nervous, mm-hmm. but just don't get too nervous because I've I've taught myself out of winning races like because I know that I'm not going to be the best at it, but I'll go in thinking about that and then I won't do it. So it's sort of don't don't stress, don't overthink it. Just sort of have fun. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? Oh. Um, Actually, I'm a bit of a bit of a weirdo. Sometimes I have a bit of Taylor Swift, obviously. Everyone's gonna have Taylor Swift. Um, but sometimes I've Carmen stuff actually. So just random. There's like Carmen playlist on Spotify. But if I'm if I'm going to like hype hype myself up, Taylor Swift's got me in there. Hundred percent. Not sure if I can admit this on on a podcast, but you got to have Ariana Grande as well. Um, but yeah, just just. Like strong, cool songs, you know. Nothing, nothing too, <laughs> too new for the sake of it. You just gotta have cool, cool, like whatever you think's good. Put on. Thank you for joining me today, Josh. No worries. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Josh. I hope you enjoyed listening too. It was great how much detail Josh went into when talking about his experiences and the emotions he felt. It was great to hear it from a young upcoming rider with such big ambitions for the future. Don't forget to check out my podcast social media at cycling.talk.podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website and all the usual podcast places. Don't forget to give your feedback and share the podcast with your friends. See you on the bike.